everybody. Welcome back to another episode of This My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. I am sitting down here at Bourbon on the Banks, which is one of the coolest new things coming to Central Kentucky in bourbon. Swan is also sitting here. I made it. Swan Hello. can make it. I'm proud of you for making it, you know? Well, it it's was... in my backyard, so I kind of had to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm glad to be down here. It looks really cool. They got a ton of vendors set up. And we're meeting some definitely very interesting people. Yeah. Uh, just a quick kind of rundown of some of the folks that are here. Jim Beam, Buffalo Trace, Jeff the Creed. We actually, you're getting a little peek behind the curtain, but we just sat down with uh, Joyce in Autumn from Jeff the Creed and talked about their bloody butcher bourbon. Yeah. Which, spoilers, I liked a lot. <laughs> Me too. I liked it quite a bit. So uh, that interview is going to be coming up here in a little bit. There's so many awesome vendors here. It's not just about the bourbon. It's also about food. Uh, there's some wine vendors here as some well. Some wine, yeah. Some beer. Um, got folks walking by wondering what it is that we're actually doing over here. We're just holding mics to our face. Don't worry about we're it. It's just fine. Talking. We're just talking to each other about, you know, whatever. Uh, but so this intro is happening at the beginning of day one. I think that the outro should happen at the end of day two. I'm all for that. Cool. All right, well, as we're kind of waiting for somebody else to come over, why don't we uh, why don't we do a little flying blind? Let's go for it. What you got in your cup there, Swan? Got some new riff. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we got a little uh, little new riff action happening over here. It's less uh, it's less flying blind and us just kind of getting warmed up for for the oh, rest yeah. of the night. You know, there's so many different vendors here, and it it is just all over the palate. I oh, mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, one booth to the next, you've got. You know, super corn heavy and forward, and you know, six month old product that they're really proud of, and some of them are really good for six months. Oh then, heck yeah! Then you go to the next booth, and they've got some 2012 bookers just hanging out the booth. Yeah, so, what? Shout out to Jim Beam, by the way, for just randomly throwing Jeff a bottle of a 27, a 2012 bookers. That's amazing. As soon as we what saw him earth? like pull out the pine box, we both were like, "Oh my gosh, what is he doing? What I, is he doing? We got to go over there." I I thought I was going blind for a second. <laughs> I'm already I blind. I was blind, blind. Yeah. <laughs> I was just excited. So, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of hanging out right now as uh, things get ramped up here on night one. Swan, I got to ask you, what have you been drinking recently? You know, coming off our 1792 episode, I've been having some of the high ride. It's funny you say that because I've been drinking more of that Bottle and Bond Barton. Really? It's good, man. Cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. I hate that the bottle and bond's going away in favor of a uh, of like an 100 proof non-age stated product. Yeah. But I mean, let me let me tell you. I wish that I had kind of invested a little bit more time in that and gotten to to try some more of that when it was readily available. So we have our first guest of the evening. He is from Bluegrass Distillers, and his name is uh, Justin Holcomb. Welcome onto the show, Justin. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Good, absolutely. So, this product that we're trying is your all's newest addition to the yeah. lineup. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. So this bourbon is a uh, the mash bill on it is 75% uh, corn and 21% wheat, 4% malted barley. Um, but what's unique about it, what's interesting about it, is that. We actually partnered with uh, Pivot Brewing. It's a local brewery yeah. from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. I like, I like Pivot quite a bit. Yeah, well, they make a hard cider, and we sent our barrels to them, and they put their cider in it um, for a bourbon-finished cider. Uh, oh, okay. That's so cool. interesting. And then they sent it back to us, and we uh, put our aged bourbon in it, 
for a couple months, and now we have a cider finished bourbon. So we tried pulling some of those cider notes out of the barrel uh, that they left in there. It's a it's a bourbon finished cider finished bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit much for the label, but I like the. No, I yeah. do too. I think it's unique. I mean, who else is putting out a product like this? Yeah, you can definitely uh, pick up some of the the apple notes. Yeah, you know the cider notes that are that are on the nose for sure. So the front half, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that bite on the tongue. Um, you'll get a little bit of that Kentucky hug you're looking for in the front half. But the back half of this, uh, you'll really start to pull some of the cider sweetness from it. Um, it's yeah. not overwhelming cider throughout, but you definitely get some towards the back half. And the aftertaste is great. I love the aftertaste. That is it. so easily drinkable. It is. That's dangerous. I, I could, could get in really, trouble with that one. I could really, really get in trouble with that. What's the proof on it? Uh, so this one's sitting at 90 proof. Um, Dude, so I I could I, <laughs> that would be Ooh. it for me. I mean Wednesday night Perry pours, mm-hmm. I'd be like Perry pours. <laughs> oh, dude, it's a thing. Yeah. Let, let me tell you, man. I I have a heavy hand when I when I pour. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, so. he does. He's not kidding on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Swan can attest. He's left many recording sessions after I've poured. I need an Uber. Feeling Help good. Me. Feeling good. An yeah. Uber all the way to Frankfurt. I wonder what that costs. Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much. No, this is good. I have actually. I don't know if anybody else has done this that I've tried, and it's phenomenal. I no, love. I don't think anybody's out. used a cider barrel. Um, I don't know if anybody a lot of people will send their stuff to other breweries and stuff, but they never bring them back. They never get them back from the brewery. Um, you'll no. have people doing the cherry cask from wines and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't know of any guys, anybody else doing a cider finished. Um, so it's it's really unique. Um, that that's always been something that I've really liked about Bluegrass Distillers. We've had Maggie on before, who is uh, your your cohort here tonight, and it, it has always been fascinating to me seeing the the innovation that you guys have been able to kind of explore oh, yeah. and and doing all these different little things with with your products. Yeah, we're we're trying stuff all the time, man. I uh, think it's great. Yeah, I think that you guys are in a really cool position to be able to do that. Too. You know, something we're working on right now is actually a uh, pickleback bourbon. A pickleback bourbon. What what's a what's a pickleback? So, yeah, bourbon? One more you, time. It's not it's not a look, it's not being produced by Nickelback, is it? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. So, you've heard of pickled rye. Have you heard of a pickleback shot? I've not. Yeah, no. I've heard of so it. So they're pretty popular in Kentucky, man. Uh, so a pickleback shot, you take a shot of whiskey or bourbon and chase it with a, a shot of pickle juice. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, I'm not a huge pickle <laughs> fan, but, but what we're doing here is uh, we have a barrel soaking in pickle juice right now, and we're emptying it next month. And then we're going to finish it. We're going to put aged bourbon into that barrel and finish it. What that pickle does is cools it down, and it makes it really smooth. Really? So, yeah, so we have a tester bottle we tried, and it's really not overwhelming pickle flavor because yeah. I hate pickles, <laughs> but I like it. But I like it, you know? Um, I am so interested to try this. Yeah, and there's no pickle bourbon or pickle whiskey. Uh, I know Great Smoky does, like, a pickle moonshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the only ones with the pickle, and I, I think novelty-wise it's going to do great. Yeah, um, no, I've seen somebody do, like, the Tabasco finished dickel, but that's about the strangest thing I've seen. I think this one's going to probably take the cake oh, for yeah. me. Yeah. That, I think it's going to be good, man. I think people's going to really like it, for sure. I'm here for it, dude. Yeah. I think that sounds... <laughs> look, it, I, I will not knock anything until I try it once. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to try it. I'm definitely going to try it once. <laughs> or more than once. Who's to say? I think you'll like it, man. I think you're going to like it. You're going to try it at least three or four times. There we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. I like that. That sounded like a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you so much for sitting down, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. We, we've, of course, had Bluegrass on before, um, but they are located right in Lexington. So if you are in town and you want to check out a very, very cool craft distillery be sure to do that so for sure man cheers man so we are very fortunate to have some good old friends of the show back on here at bourbon on the banks autumn and joyce from jeff the creed hi autumn, good welcome to see back. you again. good to yeah, see you thanks too for joyce. Having me back. joyce welcome on to the show thank for the you first for having time. us Absolutely. this is awesome so since the last time i saw you autumn you guys came out with your very first bourbon. I know. It's I, really exciting. I have not even tried it yet. Oh, well, we're going to remedy we're that. We're going to fix that <laughs> right now. <laughs> I am very excited about this. It's the Bloody Butcher Corn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Four t- grain straight bourbon. Okay, so I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about what this product is and uh, how you kind of came to, to build this profile and everything. Okay, well, one of the things that we think is super awesome special about our bourbon is the corn that we use. Our corn, we grow ourselves. It's an heirloom corn. It's um, non-GMO, open-pollinated, and it's been documented in use since at least 1845. So it's very, very old-fashioned. It has a really cool name, too. It's called... Bloody Butcher. I love that name. That's great. I think it's awesome. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about why it's called Bloody Butcher. Yes, please. Okay. So this corn, in that corn on the cob eating stage, is actually white. It turns red as it dries on the stalk. And we don't okay. harvest till it's, you know, the whole entire stalk, everything is completely dry. Okay. But in between the white of corn on the cob and the red of fully dry it's white with red splotches interesting yeah and at that point it looks like a butcher's apron that's gotten bloodied okay yeah so that's how we think it's got its name bloody butcher learning something new every day (laughs) it's so much fun it's so so cool it tastes great it tastes great at every stage 98 proof that seems high for your first for the first go at a bourbon it is right it is it is a little bit on the higher side, sure. but we think you know you get more value for your money that way, and that Absolutely. at this particular proof, it tastes fantastic. Aged at least yeah, two we, years. We so. tested all sorts of proofs, all the way down to eighty, and as far up as what one ten. Yes. And ninety eight is where we settled. <laughs> on Absolutely. It the best. Good settle. So, should we try some? Absolutely, Absolutely, we can okay. do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pour because I tend to go a little bit heavy handed. Um, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Hence the parry. You don't pour. say. <laughs> Well, Look. you guys can talk about the bottle while I oh, pour. Oh, the bottle is gorgeous. Absolutely. I it's love amazing. bottles that have some kind of etching or embossing. That was a nice little pop of the cork, by the way. I know. We should have had it. No, no. It, it showed up a little bit. Okay. Well, there I'll, we go. I'll, I'll edit it in post so you can hear it more. <laughs> <laughs> but I love bottles that have this really intricate design on them that's not just limited to, like, the label. It's right. the graphic design nerd that's coming out in me and everything. But... I think the labeling is is beautiful. Super, super great branding. Well, from the get-go, we wanted that bottle to be something unique, something that you don't see on the shelf every day. Yeah. And from the beginning, we'd always imagined that we'd model it after the Tree of Life, which is really an important symbol to my family. Look at that. Uh, So it's kind of took a more avant-garde 
take on it sure. almost, but uh, that's that's why we wanted it to be raised. We wanted it to have texture, and I, I really wanted the branches to reach up over the bottle and wrap around the entire bottle. I think it's just beautiful. It and really stands on the shelf, too. Y'all did a really yeah. good job with this. So, so what? what's the fourth grain? Is it wheat? Okay, what we've got going on here, I've talked, I talked about the Bloody Butcher corn. Yes. Uh, so this is 70% Bloody Butcher corn. Okay. Then we've got malted rye, malted wheat, and malted barley. What? <laughs> so all, right. all the grains, except for the corn, are all malted. That is crazy. It's beautiful. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay, well, this is something that I, I I'm going to be very honest with you. I have not had a whole lot of like super malted products before, so this is going to be really cool for me getting to try something like this for the first time yeah. and finding out what it's like. Ooh, it's, here we go. It smells fantastic. Let me see. I love that. I love, love, love that nose. I get a lot of florals on the nose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some some fruits too. Yeah. The color is gorgeous. The color is gorgeous. We got a lot of body going on with this, too. That's really savory. That's <laughs> really? amazing. Really good. Um, look, there are not a whole lot of two-year-old products out there that have the robustness that this does. This, If you had blinded me with this, I would have said it tasted much older Yes. than two years old. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are using smaller barrels or if you're still using... So you're just using 53 gallon. This is actually a 53 with a few 10s um, blended Interesting. in. Interesting. Mostly... Just a handful of 10s. Yeah, mostly it's, it's all 53. <sighs> you guys have done something really good with this bottle. Yeah. I, I, I think this is just a fabulous product. I think our Bloody Butcher corn does beautiful, beautiful things for us. You know, that whole heirloom piece of the corn. Um, and the corn is red when it's fully dry. But that red, you know, the, the chemical components that make it red, the color doesn't come through in the distillate, but those flavor components do. And I think it just gives us a, a little bit of extra, extra flavor and some extra beautifulness in our bourbon. Yeah, and I have to imagine that malting process adds a ton to it. Because I don't think I've had a four grain with anything other than malted barley. I've had that before, but the malted rye, that's that's different for sure. Well, the it, the only malted rye that I can think of is New Riffs. Yeah, New Riffs. Yeah, because their that. their rye is ninety five percent rye and the ninety or five percent uh, malted rye. As as far as a a bourbon goes with a, with a malted rye. And Yay! a four grain. And a four <laughs> grain, too. I, Blowing I am, his mind. I am all about this. I think that this is a very, very good product. Um, where do you see your, your bourbon growing in the in the near future, too? Oh, I see it growing really far. Right now we've got... <laughs> <laughs> right now we're distributed in Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Tennessee being our newest uh, state of distribution, so we're still getting more placements out there but we've got quite a few we've got them listed on our website as well awesome cool do y'all have a, a rye in development we do we should have a rye mash bill bourbon out in 2021 so we're still letting it age a little bit we Good. want it to be at least four years old and possibly bottled and bond yes. yeah. we also have a high wheat bourbon high uh, wheat. that uh, high high wheat okay so it is aging uh, alongside that bourbon, yes. so that that rye, and that one, the the wheat mash bill probably won't come out for another 
four years at least. Sure. So be a little while. high wheat is an interesting thing to me because I, I've always understood wheated bourbons as you, what you are tasting because they're sweeter. You're tasting the absence of rye. You're not necessarily tasting the addition of wheat to it. So why high wheat? Well, it's actually high malted wheat. There and you go. Okay. All right. There <laughs> you all go. Right. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> and it's because we did an experiment uh, back in 2014 when we were figuring out exactly what our mash bills needed to be, and I loved the wheat. And it was actually the malted wheat. I thought it was fabulous. It was so smooth and had this beautiful sweetness and nuttiness, and I'm like, it's gorgeous. This is it. Uh, and then we decided to do the high malted rye also. Well, that was because my dad loved the rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we thought at that point that we were going to have one bourbon, and then we did this experiment, and I loved the, the high malted wheat. He loved the high malted rye. So we had this little battle going on in the family, and then decided to end our experiment with us ultimately having at least those three bourbons, uh, the four grain that we have out right now, and then the wheat and the rye bourbons that we are still aging. I think that not only is this a good sign of things to come, this is a good sign of what you guys are doing with the distillery right now. Honestly, I had no expectations going into it, so everything about it, I just honestly have been blown away by. I, The palette, the finish, I, the nose on it, I think that everything has just been yeah. exceptional. That's fantastic. And, well done. Thank you. Thank I'm you. so proud. So proud. Yeah. So also what I'm hearing, we have not yet done a full episode. No, we have not. Just on Jeff the Creed. No. So I am hearing that we need to do a family episode. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm all about family, and I think that that would be something really, really fun to do. So teaser for in the future, not too far away future, I hope, um, we'll do a family a little family Jeff the Creed. That'll be story. fun. Yeah, that'll so, be fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Joyce and Autumn, thank you all so much for sitting down for a Well, thank minutes. you so much for trying it with us. Oh we my gosh. are, are so proud and so happy to share it. I'm such a fan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, y'all. Y'all take Cheers. care. So I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves before we get too far into it, though. I'm Braden True with Goodwood Brewing Company. Uh, just loving being here in Frankfort, Kentucky, mm-hmm. in, a, in the home of the bourbon country. Yes, and, sir. And... Uh, Looking forward for seeing great growth for the state of Kentucky. Yeah. And share it for everybody else. Totally agree. This is Fish Scales, one-fourth of Nappy Roots. I'm grateful to be here. Grateful to be in Frankfort, Kentucky, man. Nappy Roots is here. Oh. I'm kind of I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of freaking out a little I, bit. I didn't mean I didn't really mean cool. to throw it your way. I didn't no, mean no. to, but you no, know. It's all good. No, I'm, good. I'm enjoying this. Uh, let's talk too, because I'm a huge fan of Goodwood. I think Goodwood is doing really, really good things um, right now. I think your your, your hemp beer. Hemp is, goza. Mm-hmm. It's so, so tasty, man. Um, you guys are really expanding here in Kentucky as well. Um, you've got a place in Louisville now, right? You That's got, where we're based got, out of. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got a you got a place coming out uh, here in Frankfurt as it's well. It's open, full restaurant right there on the river. Great, uh, Brewing beer in, in the house there. Yeah. So what what's next? We'll have live you? music there. Live oh. music there. Yep. Oh. Yep. 
Let me know when that happens. Can we tell them? Can we tell them? Can we tell them yet? I don't know. We might. We're not going to tell y'all, but Fish Scales might be (laughs) the new talent coordinator for Goodwood. Um, We'll see. We'll see, man. Um, The day is young. It's a Jay-Z NFL type situation where we're trying to bring black people into craft beer. Good. Yeah. And, and, sure you and Goodwood is really taking a step forward to um, make that happen. So one of, one of the cool things that I love about bourbon, and it, it kind of has crossed over into beer as well, is that yeah. it's not just one group of people that are drinking it anymore. It's like everybody. You know, well, it's well, be- may, I, may I interrupt here? Sure. I apologize. And, and so let me just say this festival, Bourbon on the Banks, uh, and, and I don't know if it's out there enough, but it needs to be shared more, is that really um, uh, K-State, Kentucky State University, um, it's, it's about the African-American heritage in the, in, the bourbon, in the bourbon industry in Kentucky and, and, and spreading it from way beyond that people have not realized that African-American heritage have been such a yeah. big huge part in the past and so this is a stepping stone to help spread that message and you know we're just happy to be here and and very happy to reap the benefits of what the people and, and our families have been in the past uh stepping stone to make everything better for the world and start here and do the best we can well I'm, I'm definitely always about um helping minorities get to a, a level playing field. But I think with this festival right here, um, Bourbon on the Banks, I think it's basically it really showing the fact that bourbon is a Kentucky crop. That is a Kentucky product. Same thing with our Absolutely. Hip, which y'all may know, but the rest of the world don't really know. Bourbon is a Kentucky product. If you want the best bourbon and you live in, in Belgium, you come if you come to the United States, you'll say, "All right, I came to New York to see Times Square, but I also want to see the Bourbon Capital." What's the Bourbon Capital? Kentucky. You'll travel from mm-hmm. anywhere in the world to come to Kentucky, and it just so happened it's Barstown, it's Frankfurt. So where's Nappy Roots from? Hold on, hold on. Well, Nappy Roots from Kentucky, and that's a big part of Nappy Roots. A big part of Nappy Roots is bourbon, and a big part of Kentucky is bourbon. And I think this festival is just adding to showing that. And me being from Georgia, we don't give a damn about bourbon. Like, we just don't. But if if anybody from, from Georgia wants to know about bourbon, like I learned to, my friends from Kentucky taught me about bourbon. And that's something I think Kentucky people should take pride in. I, I totally agree with that, but like, what brought you here? What other than bourbon? What brought you to to Kentucky? Well, I came to Kentucky to play basketball, yeah. and that's when I learned that that you can't have bourbon without Kentucky. <laughs> Shout out to West <laughs> Kentucky. I came here in 1995 to play basketball for the Hilltoppers, and we started Nappy Roots in 1998. Um, that's why I say 19. Like that's a whole nother century. <laughs> so long ago, man. Yeah. I was, I was like, born in ago. That was a century ago. But the the fact still remains that this is the home of bourbon. 
And I'm in the craft beer industry as Atlantucky. That's our new company as Nappy Roots. And everybody is doing bourbon barreled age. Yeah, they are. And, and we go to breweries from Florida to Hood River, Oregon. And we'd be like, where'd you get those barrels from? Kentucky. 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 So every state got to have something that you claim. And that's just one thing, but it's a big thing. Kentucky owns bourbon. How, how'd you get involved with Goodwood, though? Oh, uh, I just met Brandon. Whitney Wharton Worldwide. Shout out to Whitney Wharton Worldwide. How did I get in touch with um, Goodwood? Our good friends at Sig Lush here as well. Short story. Nappy Roots. If y'all know about Nappy Roots, you know our first album was Watermelon, Chicken, and Grits. Our first beer that was distributed was watermelon, chicken, and grits. Um, and that was just recently, and it done real well. And it was with Against the Grain. But we went to Goodwood first. We walked into Goodwood and said we would love to do a beer with y'all. And it's like, eh. You for know what? Right? For one you, reason and, or and Goodwood, For whatever work. reason. This is my guy, Brandon. He's with me. I love Goodwood now. But Goodwood basically said, you know what? You probably should holler at Against the Grain. We weren't ready yet. Weren't ready yet. And um, Against the Grain opened the doors and said, let's do the beer right now. But it's a full circle. We with Goodwood hanging out. This guy's one of my best friends. True story. Be true. Scales. Good to see you, bro. You too, Appreciate bro. you being here, man. I, I think this is just one of the coolest things that, that could have happened, you know, just, just out of the blue too but thank you all so much for for sitting down for a couple minutes and, and talking about what's coming out with goodwood and nappy roots i mean hang yeah. on man this is cool this well, is really let, cool to see let me say this I, I would be totally remiss if i didn't say we got a beer coming out with sig lusters yes mm -hmm. from frankfurt september 27th we're doing a tour we're, we're touring eight tour eight major breweries well eight breweries around this area from four o'clock to twelve o'clock september 27th um and we're gonna put out a schedule on nappyroots.com and let you know where we'll be each hour so you can hang out with us on september 27th just to pre-show september 28th there you go. when we're doing the festival with sig lustrous and um Nappy Roots, never done a show in Frankfort, Kentucky, ever. <laughs> I mean, ever in, in life. So this is going to be different. It's going to be fun. It's going to yeah. be, be awesome. It's Thank you all for it. having us. I Absolutely. It. Thank Absolutely, you all so man. much for sitting down. This was really, really cool. So we've got Marjorie now from the James E. Pepper Distillery. Hi. Hi, Marjorie. Welcome on to the show. Thank you so much. I'm uh, happy to be here. I'm so happy for you bringing these products uh, for us to I try. I just swooped in on you with my bag full of goodies. You really did, which was totally fine because we're here for it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you've got your new 115 proof. I have, what I have here for you to try is our barrel proof rye, our yes. 1776 barrel proof rye. And I also brought a little special something from the distillery, our Old Pepper 10-year-old bourbon. That is only available at the distillery. Uh, this barrel specifically, we just uh, cracked this open pretty recently, so I don't think you've tried this one. Oh, I definitely have not. It is 115.7 uh, proof. Let's do it. Let's uh, try it. Do you want to start with the bourbon or do you want to start with the rye? Let's start with the bourbon first. Let's go for it. So this is a high rye mash bill. 
It's our 59% corn, 36% rye, 5% malted barley. That is a high rye mash bill. It is. Oh it's the same mash bill as our 1776 bourbon, which distributes all over. But this is a little older. It's our 10-year. Oh, that nose. Yeah, that smells amazing. <laughs> I'd like to describe their faces. They're blown away. They're walking away. They've given up the podcast. Throwing down the mic. We're out of here. Marjorie's your new host. Congratulations, Marjorie. I've you, taken over the podcast. You've completely taken over. This is my podcast. It's now podcast. the James E. Pepper 1790. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is so good. It's like... It's very rich. Brown sugar baked banana. Yeah, no. Let me get I, I mean, let me like, it's, it's so layered in savoriness and sweetness that... I, I, I mean, th- this is like a dessert bourbon to the max. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys didn't proof this down. This is amazing this right is where it's at. perfect where it is. We do all our Old Pepper 10-year-old bourbon, single barrel and barrel proof. So we have a flight in the distillery that you can come and taste three different single barrels right next to each other. Mm. I've, which I've is actually really, done that before. Yeah, it's, it's a, good, a blast. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's really fun because, <laughs> and you guys, you know, have you guys have done maybe some barrel selections or s- yes. stuff like that. So you, yeah. you, you've done the inside scoop thing, but your average, you know, your average uh, everyday bourbon drinker doesn't get the opportunity to try multiple oh, single yeah. barrels of the same product oh, yeah. right next to each other. It's hard to find that. You know, a lot of, you go, you find a great single barrel in a liquor store or at a bar, but you can't try other single barrels with that same product. So it's a way for the everyday drinker to, everyday bourbon drinker to try a few different other single barrels and take one home that they like. What I love about James Pepper, too, is that you guys are kind of, you know, the same thing I was saying about bluegrass. You guys are kind of the sleepers in the the Kentucky, the the Lexington bourbon distiller scene, you know? Unless you really knew where to go to try James Pepper, it would totally be lost on you. But, you know, because I love Goodfellas so much, because I love the distillery district so much, I was like, oh, James Pepper, A, I love bourbon. B, you know, I love trying new bourbon. I'm definitely going to go and check them out. So I think that people definitely need to make what I would call the sojourn to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you go over and there you and out. you've got uh, ice cream and pizza right next to you it. You can Perfect. spend the whole day over there now. You can go axe throwing. You can check out our, our friends over at, uh, like, the Cidery. There's a couple breweries down oh, there true. now. We've got ice cream. Yeah, you can just bring the whole family, spend the whole day. Yeah, for the sure. The fun thing, and I grew up in Lexington, and I had no idea. high school. I graduated Bryan Station. Dang it, I was Henry Class Clay. Class of 2011. Go Station, oh, okay. go I was, Defenders. I was 2011 Henry Clay. Nice. So. I bet we know a lot of the same people. We definitely do. We'll talk <laughs> about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I've heard stories. Um, so, yeah, so we, uh, uh, yeah, we grew up in Lexington. You know, you did not go over to that area that is now no. the distillery district there was nothing over there unless no. you were getting into trouble nope. um and uh now we've got this awesome booming really cool place but what i find uh you know and i'm in it all the time but i find folks who live in lexington still don't know like they may go to ethereal they may good go to goodfellas they still don't know that the building that those awesome local businesses are in 
was the James Pepper Distillery that was built in 1879, and it was the largest, most technologically yeah. advanced distillery in the country for a while when it was first built, that it was this huge, like, really well-known brand for many years, and, uh, and, and then it just was abandoned and became that kind of dilapidated building we remember it as. But it's pretty cool. So, we, yeah, we've been open to the public about a year. Shall we try the, the rye next, though? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to try the rye. So our barrel-proof rye, it sounds like you guys have had the 1776 100-proof bourbon and 100-proof rye on your show. Yes, we have. So those are our flagship products. And those, you know, you say we're the sleepers of the Lexington community. And that is, I would say, pretty true in Lexington uh, you don't see us around that much, but we have a huge following. We just we started the way we got up and running is what was by distributing out into these huge markets, and we have a massive following in yeah. California, New York, and all over. We distribute all over, um, but I I I'm always pushing to my friends like guys check out our stuff, <laughs> um, you know, because it's you don't see it as much in Lexington. But that 1776 hundred proof bourbon and rye is a massive distribution. We send that yeah. all over the country. It's in all the best cocktail bars all over the country. Now this stuff though is our barrel proof rye, and this stuff is like. All right. Bomb. This is what I'm mostly Let's drinking. Let's go for it. Yeah. You sold me. It is the same mash bill as our 100 proof rye, but it is straight out of the barrel. So it's uncut, unfiltered. So Marjorie's cohort has just walked up, and you are definitely going to sit down we with We don't a, let her talk to people. This is Tyler. She does our TTV and compliance. All right, Tyler. You've been roped into sitting down We don't down like with to let her out of the office. She stays <laughs> She stays in the office, and and, uh, t- and she punches all the numbers into, into, into spreadsheets. She makes sure we don't get into trouble. I'm the one that's always out getting us into trouble. How are we doing, guys? Doing well, this Tyler. This is Tyler. Tyler. We nice let her out you. to play today. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. Well, she saw, she the sees the Thank sun. <laughs> Normally, she keeps us in line. but Ah, <laughs> oh, the vampire of uh, James E. Pepper. If you can't Distillery. tell by the, the color of my skin. Uh, so what do yeah. we have here, guys? So this is the barrel proof rye that Marjorie has poured for us. And let me say... It smells amazing. It tastes even better. Oh, I'm not at it yet. <laughs> I'm behind. <laughs> well, come on, Swan. Get there. Marjorie gave me the good stuff, so. Uh, both of these are good stuff. Yeah. Cheers. Ooh. Cheers. What is the, the mash bill on the rye? 95% rye, 5% malted barley. No corn in that. That's why I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> 95% ryes are typically my favorite ryes. Marjorie and Tyler, thank you all so much. Thanks for, for being here us, to talk guys. about James E. Pepper. This has been a lot of fun. Come see us. Yeah. For sure. Go check them out. So Nate Woodruff, or Whiskey with a View, uh, on social media, and Haley from Wilderness Trail are. are sitting down with us. And super, super happy to have you guys here. It's kind of a, I wouldn't say clashing of worlds, but we're just kind of bringing everything together. Um, a smorgasbord of spirits. Sure. The end oh, of, that. Uh, oh, I like that a lot. It's the end of night one at Bourbon on the Banks. I think it's been a success so end? far. So far. Oh, yeah. well, end, okay. And end in terms of... The allotted time. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, we are but already almost... Whew, we're almost it. 30 minutes over. <laughs> we are... Well, then we're, we're doing great, honestly. Yeah. That's there's no wonder that they gave us. There's no wonder they gave us two hours to pack up. Yes. I don't see any cherries and berries flashing just yet, so I think we're good. 
I'm sorry, we don't know that term. No, we just we don't. I think you made us all blush with that. We don't have a whole lot of naughty talk on this suburban podcast, but you know, yeah, cherries and berries naughty. It's we'll all out. blue no, no, no. lights. It's I fine. Mean, I have to explain myself. Um, but if you do not follow Whiskey with a View on uh, all social media channels, you definitely should because not only are you seeing really good whiskey in beautiful scenes, you, you know, you get to check out Nate too. But Haley works for Wilderness Trail. I do. And you Fact. guys had a fantastic new bourbon come out recently. Yes. Which I was saying before we hit record, I gave like an 18 out of 20. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Ooh. I I was very, very high praise with this bourbon. So let's talk a little bit about that. And then we can go back to talking about how handsome Nate is. <laughs> All of his cherries and berries. <laughs> I have now created a monster. Yep. I'm going to hashtag cherries and berries all the time see what happens. That, is that the new trouble. bourban whiskey you guys are coming out with? Cherries and berries single barrel? Cherries and berries single barrel. I want four. You can go do a pick and name it that for sure. Oh, that is happening. I, I cannot deny it. Anyway. This is our yeah, four-year-old bottom bond uh, rye bourbon. Uh, it's a small batch. Um, but yeah, we just came out with it in May of this yeah. year. So only a couple months old out on the market. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of, it is my new favorite thing, of course, um, because it's a rye, though. I used to be a weeded girl, and I think I've been converted. I got to be officially. honest with you, this was a game changer for me with your all's products. It's so good. If, if this had come out last year, it easily would have been my best bourbon yeah. of 2018. And... It's, but what about 2019? Well, it's <laughs> creeping its way up. It's up be, yeah. I will be very, very honest with you. I think that it's it's getting there. Um, oh my gosh! More more bourbon just. I'm making myself look better. <laughs> I uh, last time I was in Kentucky uh, doing work with a big series, I was given. I think I had about seven or eight bottles and a bunch of other whiskey mm -hmm. paraphernalia, for a better word. And I could only pack... Sounds illegal. Two, no, no, no. It was whiskey paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, I could only pack like two or three bottles. And my, my roommate, my, uh, the, the maids at the hotel definitely got a very good tip that day, which was just several bottles of booze and a shaker and cups. And, but I will tell you that Wilderness Trail was the one of, one of two bottles that, that made it in my backpack. And it's now maybe there's a quarter left. Running it's low. so good. Up. It was that one too. It was the the bottle of bond. It was it's, so good. It's good stuff. There's not many times I go to a distillery and wait for something to come out. And like the day that it came out, I was like third or fourth, like I ready remember. to go in. Yeah, <laughs> I was so ready. And then they were like, "We're doing this huge thing." I was like, "I'm ready to go home and try this." So Just, <laughs> you're like, "Thanks, but I, I gotta run." Yeah. I, gotta I think that's what happened with this bottle. I'm out. I did. That's what happened too. Is he came back and we recorded a podcast like immediately too. Good. I'm sure it was one of your best. Uh, it right? was. It was. <laughs> no, it is. It was it's... without fault, except for two points worth. Two oh, points I don't know what those two points were. So what, what did you have? just pour for us, Nate? All right. So this is uh, our flagship Whistle Pig. Um, personally, my favorite. I adore mm -hmm. this. It's a 10-year Alberta rye. It's going to be sweeter than you would expect from 100% rye. Uh, definitely. Oh, I never would have known that it was 100% rye. Yeah. Never would have no. known. Um, so for this this particular expression, like I said, it's our flagship. It's my personal favorite. It's 100 proof. does not go down like 100 proof. Uh, before Dave Pickerel sadly passed, uh, this was basically his, his favorite. Uh, anytime we were hanging out up at the farm, he would end the night with a glass of this with one big rock and a cigar. 
Uh, reason being at 100 proof, it's extremely versatile. So you can drink it neat, you can drink it on the rocks, uh, make some amazing cocktails. Tomorrow I'll be uh, whipping up some old fashions with this all day. Wow. Um, they're going to be delicious. Uh, but the, the nice thing about our 10-year is the fact that it's, it's very difficult nowadays to find a 10-year rye or bourbon whiskey now that's not allocated and uh you know generally priced to the roof like when we were when we were launching this and, and selling for 75 80 dollars people were aghast at the fact that it was that expensive but uh with rye whiskey especially now you just can't find that anymore because people foresaw the bourbon boom a bit um you can predict the Japanese whiskey boom also kind of took people aback. Uh, the Scotch yeah. boom was pretty easy to predict. I sure. discussed the Irish whiskey boom at, at length, and it's shot through the roof. Like, look at Bushmills two years ago was $99 a bottle. Uh, look back six months now, it's 250 You know, and Bushmills 21 is one of my favorites. Same with the 16-year. It was, you know, $70. Now you're looking up words of 170 Sure. Um, and so for the rye category... Anytime someone's like, well, that's very expensive for a rye. I'm like, when, when's the last time you saw a 10-year rye for under $150? Honestly. Like, you just, you don't, you don't see it happen anymore. No. I mean, ours is four-year, and it's above yeah. 50, you know? Our yeah. bourbon's above 50, our whiskey's above 60, you know, yeah. 70 bucks. Like, and that's a four-year, so. But for this, no for, for me, is very accessible. Again, with the Alberta rye, it's, it's much sweeter. And it has a really long, delicious finish. Actually, mm -hmm. let's, let's have a little fun. Let's take a little sip. I want to see if you guys yeah, can please. figure out the note at the end of the finish it's very distinct and when i tell you what it is you're probably gonna be like what the hell at the end of the finish the finish in itself it's got this very distinct note that's very hard to, to, to pinpoint mm -hmm. um after years of tasting god thousands Ooh. of whiskeys it's for me it's it's pretty easy to place also you're probably gonna judge me when i tell you what it tastes like <laughs> so you do get a lot of the baking spice some of yeah. those nice menthol cherry notes but what i like to say is a lot of people use the term earthy I use the term sweet dirt. Sweet dirt. <laughs> I did eat a I lot actually, of dirt as I, a child. I, <laughs> there are pictures of me eating literally fistfuls of dirt as a baby. And for me, this has this like... and it's Instagram and it, where it didn't happen. Right? <laughs> I mean, my mother has all those pictures, so there they are available. If yeah. I can, if she, she'll dig them out somewhere. But it has a very earthy finish, and that's what I really mm -hmm. like about it is... Especially as someone that's that's you know obviously obsessed with with hiking and the woods and nature, like for me it kind of brings back like almost that like that that taste of where you you know you pull out like a, f a fresh plucked vegetable and then you just get that like really earthy taste. Like even if you rinse it off, I, I just love it. I think it's kind of mushroomy. Yeah, see, exactly. So mm -hmm. you get that yeah, earthiness I, too. I, I think it is very specifically like a mushroom, right out of the ground. I I totally get the soil or dirt or whatever flavor that that you're picking up mm -hmm. but like there there is something kind of and it, it, it sounds weird but a mushroom can be juicy yeah yes it's a little <laughs> bit it's got a little bit of like almost like that viscosity to it yeah, like it totally, in a, in a totally taste yeah. yeah yeah i this is one of the more i would say unique rise mm -hmm. in the field right now so good though, man. Well, I, I think from top to bottom, it's ex it, it, it exceptionally good. I mean, when it comes to Alberta rye too, you don't see a lot of that. Everyone, you know, hopped on the MGP train. But when Whistle Pig was founded, um, you know, we sourced a lot and made contracts with ADL up in Canada. And the yeah. reason you don't see a lot of Alberta rye is we we own the vast majority of it. Yeah. So, 
I'm going to pour you guys something next and ruin your lives for a little while. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Lives ruined. Don't worry, it's not Malort. We're fine. <laughs> oh, boy. Had enough of that in my life. I don't, I don't want to have any part of that. Yeah, I'm good without at that. At this point. I want to say, too, it is really hard. Oh, my gosh. Golly. Did you see that? that? I thought that I was about to have pancakes based on the way that you were pouring this. That's thick with two C's. (laughs) I think that it is impossible for us to talk about Whistlepig without talking about Dave Pickerel. And that This isn't whiskey, by the way. I I kind of... Kind of big. Oh, it's maple syrup. It is syrup. Oh. oh, okay. So we'll go. Well, oh, okay. Um, are we shooting syrup? Well, now that we have, yeah, no, we are. No, literally, syrup shots. So before the uh, before the uh, the fly set in, we'll take a sip of this and we'll talk. Obviously about Dave. So this is um, our maple syrup that we tap all of the trees on the distillery on a ridge line, and as that syrup is still hot and reduced, we dump it into barrels that previously held whiskey, our ten year whiskey. Uh, most people that taste this say it's the best maple syrup they've ever had. Uh, reason being, any other barrel-aged maple syrup you get, they usually order the whiskey from someone else that produces it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not literally, like, we literally bring it into the sugar shack, reduce yeah. it, and dump it into barrels while it's still hot. Right then. And it's ridiculously good. This is what I'm making the old-fashions with tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I warn people okay. before they drink it, I say, hey, you can't buy this anywhere, so this will ruin you. <laughs> That's so rude. Why I'm really, really mad us? about this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculously good. I feel like oh Buddy the Elf. It's great. <laughs> I don't like sweet, but I will literally take shots of this. Yeah, That's no, phenomenal. I definitely could. I did. <laughs> we just did. Yeah, yeah, literally. We just shot yeah. maple syrup. And but if you if you uh, if you want to have a little fun, just just grab the bottle of tenure and just pour a little in there. And uh... anyway, so uh, what so, questions so did you did you have about Dave? It, it's less questions, more just kind of talking about you know the the impact that he had on Whistle Pig in general because this was kind of his baby. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, this was what he wanted to build. Um, as a distiller, not even as a master distiller, just as a distiller yeah. and, and a founder and everything. I think that, you know, Whistlepig is such an interesting conversation point in the world of whiskey where we are right now. And how has Whistlepig worked their brand post Dave Pickerel's death? Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's a heavy topic to be talking about. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's I mean it's it's heavy in the sense that we lost an absolute icon. I mean the man the man's impact on not only um obviously Whistlepig itself but the craft whiskey industry in general. I yeah. mean, uh I was saying before to to someone that stopped by my booth how almost every single craft distillery that you see here right now was touched in some way by Dave. And the majority of the work he did when it came to helping them with anything from mash bill to yeast strain to to aging technique, um, a lot of it he did for free, which is not something that not a lot of people know, is is he really helped out everyone in this industry. uh, And a lot of time it was just done, you know, completely off the record with with, with no ask of any monetary compensation. which to me is 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 not only inspiring, um, but but also something that that when it comes to something when when 
you know, whiskey is a very business-driven thing, but I think there's a lot of give back that you can do, uh, not only just as brands, but as someone like myself as a, as a consultant as well on the side. Um, and it's something that I that I try to emulate. Dave was a mentor and hero to me well before I even worked for the brand, and and you know, he he's missed very dearly. Uh, I miss his hugs most of all. That man oh. would bear hug the shit out of you. So <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the impact he made on the industry is is never going to fail, uh, or I'm sorry, never going to fade. Uh, like I said, almost every craft industry brand, whiskey, and even gin or vodka, like he. He's he's worked in some capacity for. I think he I think he did. Did he help with uh, Wilderness Trail? Any? I think he helped with something, right? Um, I think there was a lot of. Uh, he was very much uh, integral in kind of the business side of things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as kind of the science goes and stuff like that, that was <laughs> kind of covered. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as kind of yeah, the business side of it, and actually like the distillery, you know, running a distillery and doing yeah. those things, that would be much more. Well, I think that's what we're seeing now is that Dave was a one-stop shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew everything. I mean, he, yeah. he absolutely knew 100% of how to create a successful brand from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. No, he was from grains to, to the straight up marketing. I mean, yeah. he knew how to push a brand and, uh, obviously the, the loss for us over at Whistlepig is deep and, and, and it, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough day. Um, but, you know, the, the, the great thing about Dave is his legacy is very much intact in the sense that a lot of the projects that we are releasing and will release were still very much his ideas. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's not like when he died, his, his ideas and his thought process and even the finishing casks used were suddenly gone. Uh, he left before us a legacy that could last years and years. Uh, so it's something that we're absolutely going to push through. The team is... is actually coalesced even better now um that's great we've obviously support each other it's we're still an extremely small company even with our bottling lines and and everything i think we're still sub 100 people i mean we're a tiny wow. brand and we're going to be by the end of the year in every single state in the united states and we're pushing overseas now too i mean to to put that into perspective wilderness trail for now is a a craft distillery but I mean, you guys employ how many on the bottling line? How many in the barreling? Oh boy! Aspect of it. Three on the bottling line. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I have a feeling. That, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, not the best comparison. But but when you think about a, a nationwide and, and and now international brand, it's, yeah. it's a small. It's a small. Company. It's still very small. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's one of those things where you, you know, it's insane to think about how much you know i mean we're, we're not huge by any means we're but we're a production at 230 barrels a day and i mean i i would say i was employee number i think nine oh, wow. <laughs> you know in the, in the system but you know for for but it puts it into perspective you know you're talking about a nationwide almost now soon to be international brand at sub 100 people that's yeah. a lot of a lot of you know companies much you know much much larger than that that have put out the same capacity of stuff you know what i mean oh yeah so no but to go back to the to the, to the question uh of course dave's death impacted us but you know had this happened say five or six years prior i think it could have been extremely detrimental but he he was such a force to be reckoned with and impacted so many different lives that i really don't believe that it's going to have 
an effect where it would it would sink the brand, and and sure. that's one hundred percent due to him and the quality that he he strived for and instilled in all of us and made yeah. sure that the company was kept up to. Um, the man, it, it's you know I know he worked with many brands. Uh, Whistlepig was his baby; it's his legacy, yeah. and it's something that the brand is never going to lose sight of. Uh, and always honor him, and the whiskey industry will always honor. He's he is one of the most influential people in the whiskey industry of all time, and that's not even speaking from a whistlepig standpoint, but as a whiskey enthusiast and uh, uh, someone who's who is is in love with the act, everything that has to do with whiskey. He's he's one of the most influential people, and always will be. I don't yeah. know a bourbon lover who didn't mourn a li- at least a little. You know. Oh no! You know absolutely. what I mean? No like one ever asked who was who's Dave Pickle. Yeah, yeah. No one. No, no. one. It, it was felt 100 percent of the way through. Oh, the support and outreach was amazing. Yeah. And you know, I wouldn't even say that I was like you know, even amongst his closest friends or like not even not even close to his closest friends. Like a lot of the people that I work with nowadays knew him for years closely. Yeah. Um, but the amount of people in the community that reached out to me personally, not just to me personally, but everyone that works for the brand, but yeah. that that were, you know, really stricken and heartfelt condolences. And, and, you know, I as a person appreciated, like Dave and I were good friends, but we weren't near as close as a lot of people. But even the outreach sure. from the community was really staggering and amazing to yeah. see how many lives he had impacted and how many people when I do tastings nowadays or dinners nowadays that said, oh, I, I, I met Dave, he signed my bottle and he was the nicest guy in the world. Like that guy, I did staff trainings with him and he kind of had his spiel, which every brand ambassador yeah. does. Sure. And you kind of say the same things. I we know it, how it goes. I, yes, I, do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do it too. I'm sure you do it too. I have my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they work sometimes. But I've worked, I've worked with brand ambassadors over the past six, seven years where I can predict exactly their hand movements. Like it's sure. that to Absolutely. the letter. Dave could tell a joke or tell a story and it would feel like the first time you've heard it. Mm-hmm. And his inflection and tone, he was so excited to share. He was so excited to educate. Mm-hmm. And it was really a beautiful thing to behold where even though I knew what he was going to say, it felt fresh and he would tell a joke. And even though I was like, I've already laughed at it like a dozen times, <laughs> I still, it got a chuckle out of me. Yeah. And he was brilliant like that. And it's something that is severely lacking nowadays. Um, actually, I think it's doing better nowadays than it was before. I think people are a lot more genuine, especially when it comes to craft. But he's he's someone that everyone that ever gets in the industry, even myself as a young 23-year-old when I got into it seven years ago, he's, he's someone to look up to and really to try, to really try to emulate his his hugs, his laughter, and his way of being so passionate about something yeah. that... He never looked like he was working, even though he was working 24-7, oh, yeah. 365. Oh, yeah. Like, that man worked, but he loved it. And it, it was a beautiful thing to behold. And I'm, I'm honored that I was even able to, to catch a glimpse of that. So I don't feel like this particular conversation is over just yet. But we do have to move on. I yes. think we're getting kicked out. <laughs> are, yeah. we, are we surrounded but by empty tables? <laughs> basically. We're like the last people here. It's Park fine. closes at dark. I still see light. It's fine. No, um, end of day one, I think that day two, we should definitely pick this back up because we have talked bare minimum about Wilderness Trail. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Over here. No, we're uh, going to talk more about Wilderness Trail and, you know, we'll bring Nate back on to do that as well. So wrap up day one. Thank you all so much for sitting down with us. More tomorrow, though. I know Swan's not really a cigar guy, but. 
No, I'll interview you guys if you want. We can do that. <laughs> we'll do this. What is? Let's talk about cigarettes. Welcome to my yeah. bourbon podcast. What have you been smoking recently? <laughs> so we've got Tom from bourbonblog.com. Yes. Great to be here with you Tom, guys. I'm so what happy to have you on, man. Absolutely. This is fantastic. What are we smoking on here? Well, we, uh, you know, I brought several things by uh, Great Space, and so cool that you're supporting Bourbon on the Banks. We brought by some Toscano cigars, which are um, they're fire-cured. They yeah. have tobacco from Tennessee, Kentucky, and Italy. They're made in Italy. And I also brought you some Pappy Van Winkle cigars. Uh, you can find them exclusively on the Pappy & Co. And uh, we're trying some great whiskey, too. <laughs> Tom, you spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the end of the night. We want to do this right, don't we? <laughs> yeah, man. End of night one, I think this is a perfect way yes, to it is. kind of finish out yeah. the night. But so how long have you been doing bourbonblog.com well amazingly um it's it's been a while uh we started this about 15 years ago i did a documentary on bourbon i had been working for the actress who played uh marianne on gilligan's island don wells and also the comedian steve martin who's doing a lot more music now than anything who's steve martin <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever seen lethal weapon danny glover those three started a film festival in idaho it was a family film festival, and I knew I needed to do a documentary on something. So being close to Kentucky, I picked bourbon, and then I started a blog, and the rest is history. I mean, back then, really not everybody knew what bourbon even was or how exciting it was. What's so cool about this is it sounds like you were one of the very first bourbon bloggers. It, not just in Kentucky, but in the daggum world. <laughs> I mean, that... It's possible I might have been. <laughs> And, 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 you know, and since then, it's just been fun, you know, to see great, great folks like you, uh, you know, pop up doing podcasts. I mean, you know, the, the, the more it can be supported, all the better. We, we love the whole movement. And, and, and for a while, we thought, is it, has it hit its max? But it's, it continues to grow. That's the amazing thing. It just doesn't stop. I, I think that we have at least a good 20 years in the industry oh, before yeah. it totally, totally burns out. But it, it is so much fun. It really is fun. Yes. Right? Oh, it's so I much mean, fun. To, to be a part of this industry yeah. without having to <laughs> produce a product. Right. No, it's absolutely. <laughs> we're sitting here on the river. Look at this. I mean, we're, we're on the river. We're looking at Frankfurt. You're from Frankfurt. We're, we're, I mean, had well, you ever I'm, think this would... I'm not. From Swan, Swan is from Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Frankfurt. Did you ever think this would become a festival right here on the on this, this little area? Oh, absolutely not. I walk down here like all the time, and then all of a sudden they've just got bourbon booths up every 20 feet. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> What's this it is great. like to see something that you never that you never realize will be transformed? What's it like to see this transformed into a festival? Oh, this is wild. It makes me want to walk a lot more often, because if they're going to offer bourbon every other booth, I'd be phenomenal. <laughs> but, <laughs> kind of counterintuitive at that point, but it's still, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it it's just, it's nuts, because I, you know, I've lived here for 24 years now, and, and this is the first time that they've held this event, and it's just amazing, the support. I mean, this is night one. This is kind of the soft opening of, right. of bourbon on the banks, and the support already has been phenomenal. Just the people that have turned out, the vendors they've chosen to have yes. here, it's amazing. Everything from, we just tried some cachaça that's, uh, well, it's made in it's made in Brazil, but it's aged okay. in um, it's aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, also balsamo wood. Uh, the guys are from Danville. They own the brand. We tried a gin from uh, from Louisville that has chai spices. That's fantastic. I mean, just I mean, so we've had so many different things that have been um, 
that have been aged in, in different places. Now, what There's, do you think of this cigar? I think it's delicious, which is a weird way to talk yeah. about a, yeah. a smoke, but it is. Look, I you gave me half of it. Right. We cut it in half. You can do these with a Toscano. They're yeah. long. They're thin. They don't look like every other cigar. And they uh, but really don't. I was kind of worried when yeah, you brought it to the hand, table. They're hand-rolled, hand and they, <laughs> they only have women roll these in Italy because they think the women have the best skill at them, and they, I'm sure they do. My wife's here tonight. I mean, so there's definitely things she can do better than I can do, that's for sure. And and, ro- that. and rolling these cigars I, is, is uh, I mean, they really do an amazing job. We met one of the ladies that came up. We went to uh, a cigar conference called IPCPR in Vegas, and she rolled us some of these, and they're just really nice with... Um, with whiskeys, you don't have to humidify them. You can put them in your glove box if you're really? in traffic. You can light them up uh, in your car. They're just really good, and they don't linger like some cigars do, too. All right, Tom, you sold me. I I think I am. Uh, I think I'm a convert now. You're you're convert. This is <laughs> well. Next up, we have Pappy Van Winkle cigars. These are pretty oh, nice geez. too. They've been fermented in Pappy barrels. Oh uh, boy! All right. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> it is only night one. Night two, one. I think, is going to... What do you guys have planned for tomorrow? For tomorrow? More of this, man. It's fantastic. People came to us today. It was great. That yeah. was wild. That was one of the You've coolest things. you had all kinds is... of stuff tonight. I, what have you had? Uh, I have had uh, Jeff the Creed. I've had Blue Rice Distillers. We have had... Um, Whistlepig from Whiskey with, yes, oh, with a View. Yeah. Nate's uh, Whistlepig was so good. Wilderness Trail. We had some syrup from Whistlepig that was insane. Oh, man. That maple syrup was wild. Don't you want that every morning? Just like... Oh, oh yeah. It, it, it is the perfect. Maybe like, nighttime, too. You know, you're feeling a little bit bad after a night out, <laughs> and you're like, you know what sounds really good? Some pancakes. Oh, yeah. And I have some pancakes, and I put a little bit of the syrup on top of it. <laughs> and it just it sets you in the right direction, I think, is what's important there. But well, you guys, I mean, it's it's exciting what you guys are doing. You've been doing this for a couple, almost two years now? Almost a little over two, two years. years. Yeah, two years in October. When you see your fans, I mean, your listeners... Um, you know, coming over to bourbon, exploring bourbon. What's the thing that excites you the most about what's happening in the business? I mean, what do you guys really get excited about? I like this guy turned on this. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I like but this. I'm just curious. No, no, no. I, I you honestly, go first? my favorite thing is is watching people come up to me and they said, "You know what? I used to drink Maker's Mark, and now yeah. my wife is going to kill me because." I've bought half the liquor store. Like they, <laughs> they, they come up to me and legitimately say that we've kind of opened up their horizon a little bit on as far as like what they want to try because if we talked about something that's maybe a craft distiller from Kentucky and they've ordered it online, it showed up at their house and now they can't stop drinking it. I mean, I just not to call out anybody, but a Clifton, one of our listeners, he just got some new riff the other day, which right oh, now yeah. is yeah. pretty oh, good. Yeah. Kentucky, you know, Tennessee, Indiana exclusive, and he got it all the way in California, and he's drinking that stuff and he's like, this is phenomenal. And I mean, just just hearing the the amount of people that are, you know, picking up on on stuff that we talk about and then ordering it and getting it where they're at yeah. and, and trying it and saying it's phenomenal, it's great. I love hearing that stuff. It's just expanding your your current library of whiskey you're willing to try. And I mean, even Perry here. I mean, you know, just right. listen to some of our fans expanding like expanding on his cigar collection. Sure. I mean, it's it's been crazy. He's gone from, you know, I'll just pick up, you know, this. This is always at the store, and I'll pick this up. And now he's got a hand-rolled cigar from Italy blended with Kentucky tobacco. And what what else is in there? I mean, it's... Tennessee tobacco. Yeah. And, uh, just a whole lot of love. I mean, so when you when you talk about uh, whiskeys you're converting from, 
are there whiskeys that you guys have? I mean, because it could be dangerous to even say this because the last time it happened, whiskeys can sell out. But are there whiskeys that you think are the best, some of the best value, some of the best whiskeys you've had that have been like? Best value in whiskey that I've seen disappear, Henry McKenna 10-year. Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah. That's one of them, yeah. Uh, right now I'm on a huge Knob Creek kick. I mean, if you can get right. a good Knob oh, Creek for pick, sure. it's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like Knob, Knob Creek single barrels, I think, are probably the unsung hero right now yeah. of bourbon. And, at, you know, we're, we're seeing, and it's kind of dying out a little bit, but seeing uh, 14, 15-year-old picks for 45 to $50, yeah. I mean, wh- where else can you get that? There it's is nowhere else in bourbon yeah. that you are able to purchase a product like that. Um, and if you can, you're running like $120, Right. But Jim Beam has done this really cool thing where you go in, you pick whatever you think is the best. If it's nine years, great. If it's 15 years, great as well. Right, right. And they're going to sell at the same price. So, and, and, and it's not to discount, you know, the 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 nine-year-old single barrels that are coming out because those are still really really good um but i i think that the the 15 year old 14 year old whatever it is those are the barrels that are kind of slept on right now oh yeah no and when they get them too because i've seen multiple people do this they'll get one pick they'll say this is so good i need another bottle and then they'll go back and they're like oh I don't know if you know what a barrel pick is, but this this is it. This is all the cases we have of this. After this is gone, I'll watch people pick up four and five cases of that stuff. It's nuts. I mean, they'll get they'll get at least you know two or three bottles to take home with them, and it's just because they know that it's not going to be there again. And to have that pick that's so specific and special to them, that's phenomenal. And Knob Creek's offering that right now, and Russell's is doing the same thing. They're doing oh yeah, you know some definite picks with some age that are really specific out of specific warehouses, and people just go nuts for them. And I can't complain at one bit about it. Sometimes with bourbon, it feels like it'll go on forever. Like there's a certain infinity to it, and then sometimes it feels limited. I mean, that's that's the world we live in. You know, I mean, there, it feels like there's there's a lot of it because it's been aging for a while, but it also feels like, oh, this same thing is not around. You know, well, sure. I mean, you look at the the demand for Buffalo Trace products, going all the way from ancient age, all the way up to Pappy Van Winkle. That demand has been huge right. over the past few years. And what, what is really cool to me, also, not sure where this turned from um, interviewee to interviewer. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do this. It's just great to chat no, with you guys. No, I think it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but the, I, I think that is the prime example of the supply and demand of bourbon right now is Buffalo Trace products are lauded and sought after right. in everything by the community. Not even just the community, but people who are like, if I have a bottle of Pappy, 12, or Pappy 23, rather, um, that is a status symbol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Yeah, and there's there's so many people I know that they're like, I need a Buffalo Trace collection. And I'm like, well, do you open any of them? They're like, well, when I get a second bottle, I'm like, Open them, enjoy them. It's crazy. Why would you not do that? I mean, I got a bottle of Rock Hill Hall Farms that's about to go away, and I don't have a backup, and that's perfectly fine. See that that is my thing with bourbon is that it was supposed to be enjoyed. It's meant to be enjoyed. Oh, yeah. So if yeah, if you get a bottle of the antique collection, 
you crack that sucker just and you open, share it with, enjoy with, with that. friends. Right. Yeah, it's not supposed to be about. And and you know what though, if you are buying it to make a profit, fine. That is your decision. That is your choice. But at the core of it, it is supposed to be enjoyed right? mm-hmm. by your friends, by you, whomever, because you bought it. And like that, that is why I. So I had this conversation with uh, Dixon Deadman right. recently. Um, I was talking about Kentucky Owl. Great. Oh, we love the Kentucky Owl. Yeah. Amazing um, stuff. Talking about how excited I get over limited bottles like that. If I have the opportunity to buy it, I don't hoard it. I don't keep it for myself. My inclination is I'm going to open it and I'm going to share it with people because they might not have that opportunity to try it, right? So that's why, and this is kind of getting back to your original question about, you know, how we've grown as a show. Um, It's all about the community for me. It's all about the people that we meet and, you know, the, the fact that we can share in something that a lot of people really do consider to be arbitrary. But in this case, for us, it's something really, really special. Yeah. Also, I just saw the um, security pass by, so we might this have is, to... We're shutting, we're shutting the house down We here. might we're have to wrap back. up. We are, yeah. <laughs> we might have to wrap up night one. <laughs> what, a um, night, what a nice way to end the night with you guys. It's Tom, I, I apologize that we have to cut it short. No, it's but, great to be with you guys. It's yeah, so, man. so nice to be with you. Uh, more f- fun times to be had this weekend at Bourbon on the Banks. Absolutely. Sure. This is going to become something that's going to be very special I for totally all agree. of Kentucky, for the bourbon world, for spirits world, and I hope everybody can come out and see this. I do, too. Night one is over. Yeah. Night two is coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, Swan. Yes, Perry. Swan. Perry. Day one of Bourbon on the Banks. That was wild. Yeah, it was great, man. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, it was kind of a VIP event. There wasn't a ton of people, and it was nice to come in and really get to know some of the vendors. And then we also got to try some of the stuff that everyone's having today. And then today, they just added music and probably at least ten times the amount of people. Oh, it. you know, we, we kind of came into last night not really knowing what to expect, uh, simply just because this is a totally new festival. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Everything about it was perfect. It was fantastic. It was great. Could not have asked for a better event. And, I mean, that was night one. That was just the soft launch of mm-hmm. Bourbon on the Banks. Here we are on night two with all these people. Th- this is wild. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is one of the coolest things that's happening in Central Kentucky right now for Bourbon. And, shoot, man, I couldn't be happier about it. No, I, I honestly, this is a great opportunity for me too, because I, I'm not a huge cocktail person, and I've talked about this, and even Stevens tried to help me with it. I just had some of the best summer cocktails I've ever had. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was fantastic. Sure. It was just ale eight, and then just a good mixture of like a blueberry or what was it? No, it was a blackberry. Blackberry smash. Blackberry smash. It's so good. Dude. Yellowstone killed it. Oh. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, more on that later, and all of the awesome things that are happening here at Bourbon on the Banks. That is going to be actually next week's episode so what you kind of got was the preview to what was going on um 
for everything. And we're going to get into the meat of it next week. Absolutely. So thank you all so much for listening to this. Really do appreciate it. Swan, is there anywhere on social media that people can find you if they would like to do that? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at, at my bourbon finder. There you go. If you want to follow me personally, I am at PRIDO1492 on all social media platforms. If you'd like to follow the show, we are at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can give us a five star rating review on iTunes. If you would like, it really does help us out finding new listeners, finding new people to become engaged with the show. It is something that gets kind of lost in what I would call the algorithm of iTunes. But it is important. So please, please go and do that. Uh, If you are not yet a part of our Facebook group, you can head to Facebook.com and search for This My Bourbon Group. And it is all just listeners of the show. We have a really great time in there hanging out with each other and getting to talk about all of the cool things that are going on in bourbon right now. And with the podcast. So, again, this is my bourbon group. You can find that on Facebook. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to thismybourbonshop at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It really would be fun, I think, to read out some questions on air and answer them from some of our listeners. And then last but not least, if you would like to become a patron of the show, you can head to patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a supporter of the show. And at certain tiers, you get really cool things like bonus episodes and live chats where we hang out with our patrons. And yeah, it's a really good time. I really enjoy it. Uh, Swan's part of that community as well. And I think that does it for week one of Bourbon on the Banks. Swan, thanks for hanging out with me, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. It's been awesome. And thanks for everybody who came and sat down with us and chatted about everything going on in Bourbon. It's been so much fun, and we're not even done yet. No, we're just getting started, man. Let's see where night two takes us. But until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my Bourbon Podcast. Podcast.